Amen. You guys, uh, man, that's worship. Amen. You know, I, I think sometimes we are so busy in the moment that uh, we just kind of come and we sing and then we hear and then we leave. I want to remind you this morning that uh, we just worshiped the one that allowed us to go to bed last night. We just worshiped the one that tapped us on the shoulder and woke us up this morning. We just worship the one that keeps the oxygen in the air. We worship the one that caused the big sun to get up this morning and keep us warm. We just worship the one that is the hanger of the stars and he calls them by name. We just worship the one that one of these days when we leave this earth, to be absent from the body is going to be to be present with Jesus. We just worship the one that gives us a hope and a strength and a joy. We just worship the one. We, we didn't just simply come to church today and follow some calendar or follow some bulletin. But today we have worshiped the one that gives us our living and our being. You know, church, uh, we might still have a long ways to go, but this is a good place to worship. I, I'm glad this ain't just the place we go to church. And I'm glad this ain't just a place that we just go to hear some lesson being taught or just hear some preacher preach. But uh, we come to uh, experience the presence of Jesus. And it's not something phony, uh, not something fake. You know, we live in a world of phony and fake, and a lot of people are very skeptical. But uh, if, if you'd come here and you'd start worship with us about 7 o'clock, and you would see people that uh, attend this church that uh, uh, some have gotten off drugs, some are still addicted to drugs, some have even come with the smell of liquor on their breath, and some of them get under conviction and they know that they need to make a move and they need a change. Some praise God that this is a place that they can be accepted. Others say that this is the most peaceful, worshipful place that they are in all week long. People come hungry and they get fed. People come thirsty and they're able to find water. Man, what an exciting, what an exciting fellowship that uh, God has given us to be a part of. And I hope that you never, ever think that this is just simply some religious exercise, some religious church that... Uh, we're just kind of going through the motions, but man, I'm telling you what, even without uh, the decisions and even without all the things that um, God does here on a weekly basis, this is certainly uh, an exciting fellowship uh, to be a part of. Uh, this past uh, Wednesday, I kind of begin to back into, kind of begin to lay out uh, the foundation of where we're going to be these next couple weeks. And it's really found in an epistle, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. You know, all of my ministry, I've always had people say, Pastor, uh, what's the will of God for my life? You, you, you don't need to pray about that. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a sign. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for God to speak to me uh, over the radio. Or I'm, I'm looking for a friend to come and tell me. Or, or I'm looking for something to happen that lets me know what God's will for my life is. And that can make up a lot of things, but 
uh, in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, uh, that epistle from Paul, uh, it lets us know at least a part of what God's will for your life is. And if you don't know that verse, I'm, I'm going to give it to you really quick. It, 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 it says, in everything, everybody say in everything. It says to give thanks for this is the will, for this is the will, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So God's will for you and I, uh, not in some things, not in a few things, not in just things that we like, but God's will. I mean, I mean he clearly states that uh, in the word of God. It, 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 it says God's will uh, for us is to give him thanks in everything. And this morning we are going to read a Psalm of David out of, out of Psalms 34 and 1. And in that verse, it's very similar to 1 Thessalonians, and it's going to use the word at all times. So in everything and at all times. If you were to look through the Bible, depending on the version of the Bible that you use, you would find the word thanks, or that you would find the word joy mentioned over 400 times in the scripture. Over 400 times in the scripture, it is referenced for those of us that are following God's word, those of us that are trying to live out God's word, you would see the word thanks and you would see the word joy. In just four days, we're going to celebrate a a holiday that's entitled Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving has a lot of historical context, and, and you know, we can talk about the pilgrims and the Mayflower and, 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 and Indians, and we, you know, we, we, we could look at that a lot of different ways. We're going to be talking about turkeys and hams and dressings and potatoes and macaroni and cheese. Okay, I'm hungry. Let's go. <laughs> but this morning, I want to look at thanks living. Not thanksgiving, but thanks living. Because I, I believe that God intends for those of us that are bought by the blood of Christ, those of us that are under the banner of Christ, that it's not just a, a, a date on the calendar. I believe that Christians ought to live thanks. I believe that Christians ought to live joy. It ought to not be something that we get just when we get possessions. A lot of people get happy and they give thanks when they get possessions. Sometimes people give thanks or, or they have great joy when they get married. Or people give thanks when they're able to birth children or, or, or when a son or prodigal comes home. Or we give thanks uh, uh, and, and, and we have joy for all of these things that the world says that we ought to have uh, happiness and that we ought to have thanks for. And oftentimes, I said this on Wednesday night, but oftentimes the more entitled we are, the less gratitude we have. And, 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 and you would have to admit to me this morning that we are living in a very entitled age. I mean, uh, I, 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 I just heard them doing an interview uh, from somebody that was like 19 years old, and they said, what do you think you're worth? What, what do you think your starting salary ought to be? And this person said, at least 100000 <laughs> I thought, man, that's an entitled person. <laughs> and you meet a lot of people that just simply think they're entitled. They, they think they're entitled to a car. They're, what kind of car do you want? I'm going to get me a Mercedes. Yeah. 
And then you're going to have about an eight or $900 payment that you ain't going to be able to afford. And they're going to come get it with a record in about a few months. But we live in a very entitled society. Everybody today is just, they feel entitled. And sadly, even here in this worship service this morning, it's not just about things or, or possessions or relationships, but, but even here in this worship center this morning, some of us just feel entitled to be here. I mean, we showed up and we just feel like, man, I mean, I mean we're just entitled to be here. God woke us up and, 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 and so we don't take advantage of the moment that Christ has given us. Emerson said this, and I think it's a very interesting thought. He said, if stars came out only once a year, everybody would stay up all night to behold them. We've seen stars so often that we don't bother to look up at them anymore. We've grown accustomed to our blessings. Think about that for a moment. Let me read that again. He said that if stars came out only once a year, kind of like those rocket launches, you know, they're not once a year, but they're three or four times a year. He said, if stars only came out once a year, everybody would stay up all night to behold them. But we have seen stars so often that we don't bother to look at them anymore, so we've grown accustomed to our blessings. And I think that makes a very good point about entitlement. I believe there's so many things that are happening around us. God is so good to us, and he blesses us with so many things that I think oftentimes we don't realize just how good we really have it. And today we are looking uh, for joy and we're looking to give thanks and all sorts of things. Sometimes it will be uh, who we know or in what we have or where we're at or what we've been able to achieve. But this morning I want you to know something about this 34th Psalm. This 34th Psalm is, is a Psalm of David. And the one thing that stands out about this psalm is that he begins to tell us, not just in this scripture, but, but through other scriptures, that, that true joy and true gratitude is found in the presence of God. So what that tells me today, that, that wherever you are, or whatever you do, uh, whatever situation you find yourself in, you can understand that you can still have an attitude of gratitude and you can still have joy. The Bible says that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. It also says that in his presence is the fullness of joy. And today, we need to understand that we are the one that has access to things. And we are the ones that have access to joy. And in this 34th Psalm with King David, we need to understand that he's not singing songs of praise running down the aisles of the church. He's not... Uh, at the uh, Ed McMahon used to give away the million dollar lottery station getting money. But David is in the back of a cave. And he makes the cave. He, other words, he, he makes the difficult situation that he's in. He makes the cave his cathedral. So what that says to us, that, that no matter the circumstances, no matter the tribulation, no matter the troubles, no, no matter where we find ourselves in, we can still have an attitude of joy. We can still have an attitude of thanks. And we know that he says that I am but a step from death. And King David, keep in mind, he's not only in the back of the cave, but he is on the, the run. He's on the run. He, Saul is trying to kill him. So the one that is hunting him 
David has more contentment, he has more thanks, uh, he has more joy than the one that is hunting him down, and he's being hunted, and he's in the back of the cave. This morning, you may feel like that you have too much on you to be thankful, or that you have too much on you to be joyful. But I want you to know that being thankful and joyful is a choice. And it's not just simply a state of mind, but it's something that you decide to live with. That's why we've called the series Thanks Living. Because I want you to know that, that, that you can be thankful every single day. You can find something to be thankful for. Because those stars, they're out every single day. That oxygen that we breathe, it's, it's in the air every single day. And so this morning, I want to challenge you out of Psalms 34.1 to look at what it is that King David has to say to us. You've already been more attentive than that first group. That first group this morning, they were tranquilized. <laughs> I don't normally talk about them, but it was tough. It was rough. So y'all going to have to help me. But let's stand in honor of God's word this morning. Out of Psalms 34, this inspired word of God. In this word, word. is a power power. to change lives. Psalms 34 and 1, he says that I will bless the Lord at all times. Everybody say at all times. times. Everybody say at all times. times. Everybody say at all times. times. It says his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall Hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked into him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. But oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you this morning that your word is holy, absolute, concrete, authoritative. Father, we've not come here today to hear a word about you. Lord, that may be the stumbling block to many of us today that we've done heard so many teachings taught and so many preachers preach that, Lord, we're just conditioned. But Lord, today we've come to hear something from you, something that moves us, something that changes us, something that speaks to our hearts and our minds. In order for that to happen, Lord, I pray that I would decrease so that you could increase. Lord, if there's somebody here today lost in need of you, I pray this could be the moment they could be saved. Lord, teach us over these next two weeks about thanks living. Lord, we love you and praise you, and it's in your mighty, powerful name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, we get an imperative statement uh, right off the bat when we look at the 34th Psalm in verse 1. We see this imperative statement that David tells us in the first words of this Psalms that he tells us that joy, he tells us that joy is a matter of choice, that you are the one that personally decides to be joyful. David gets it down 
uh, in the first letter in one statement. Nothing else, nobody else controls whether or not you get to have an attitude of gratitude, whether or not you get to be thankful, whether or not um, you um, get to express joy. You're the one that decides that. It doesn't matter whether you're in the cathedral. It doesn't matter whether you're at the cave. It doesn't matter whether you're at the house or whether you're at the hospital. It doesn't matter whether you're in paradise or whether you're in prison. We understand very quickly that you are responsible. You get the choice to praise God or not. That's why scripture tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is telling us everything. In Psalms 34 and 1, it's saying at all times, rejoice in the Lord always is always. We see that there is never an interruption. There, there's never a time. There, there's never a place that you and I can't personally decide that we are going to worship the Lord. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you the best time to worship the Lord is when you find yourself at the bottom of the barrel, when you find yourself in a dark closet, when you find yourself alone. The best time for you to worship the Lord is not when you pull into the church parking lot on Sunday and make your way into the church, but the best time to praise the Lord is when you're down to nothing. You'll find out God is up to something, and when you worship the Lord like that, you will find that God will meet your need. Can you get an amen in this place? The Bible tells us that David makes that statement that I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Not sometimes, not when I want to. I'm going to give thanks in everything, not some things, not a few things. Rejoice once in a while. No, rejoice in the Lord always. That We have to, we have to make that choice. And that's the way we, we practice things living. Because we know that our God is a a mountain mover. Whatever's impossible, our God is able to make it possible. He is the one that can set the crooked ways straight. He's the one that makes the high places low and the low places level. That every place that your foot falls, you will be abiding in his presence. The Bible says that in his presence is the fullness of joy. So no matter where you find yourself in, there is no excuses for you not to be able to praise God. There's no excuses for you not to be able to worship and just simply call out to Almighty God. And when you do that, you will begin to understand that, that joy and thankfulness, it is, it is about living it out daily. It is about something that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And so this morning, when we look at this all times, everybody say all times. All times. Everybody say all times. all times. When we look at this, at all times. There's three things that we need to be mindful of. There's three things that we can practice as believers, as children of the light, as, as, as Christians, that, that when you understand that this worship thing, this praise thing, this, this thankfulness thing, this joy thing, when you understand that when this becomes things living and when this becomes a part of your life, all of a sudden, it will change your entire perspective, and it will change your walk as a Christian. 
And first of all, you need to understand that when you choose to live a life like this, when you choose thankfulness, when you choose joy, it will be a sign of maturity. It'll be a sign of maturity. Some of us need to kind of grow up some. Some of us need to understand that life's not fair, that sometimes there's going to be those bad days, but, but it still doesn't give you an excuse. David could have said, look, I'm on the back of the cave, man. I mean, the king is trying to take me out, man. I need to stop worshiping God. But what did he do? I mean, he wrote the psalm. He literally writes the psalm. He writes the praise from the back of the cave. He's about to be wiped out. In another verse, he says that I am but a step away from death, but David is getting closer to God. Not farther away from God. He's not running from God, but he's running to God. In the moments where Christians run away from God, David is teaching us here that he runs to God. So being thankful and being joyful, it is a it is a sign of maturity. So often, just like those stars, there are so many things that we take for granted. I mentioned Wednesday night that I was reading this article and it really it really puzzled me because. It talked about this 12-year-old that was born without an immune system. And so this 12-year-old literally had to stay in a bubble for 12 years of his life. First 12 years of his life, he, he was born without an immune system. So in other words, he had to be protected from bacteria, uh, from viruses, from diseases, and from sickness. And so he literally was, 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 was occupied this bubble. I mean, the family couldn't get to him or anything. They could just kind of be outside this bubble. And what really caught my attention and what really drew me to this article was, was what this boy said that he wanted to do when he was able, after 12 years, to get out of this bubble. Whatever they did, they, they began to kind of fix his immune system. And, and, and this is what he said he wanted to do. You know, he didn't say Disneyland. He didn't say he wanted to go to Legoland. He didn't say he wanted to go to SeaWorld. This is what he said he wanted to do. He said, I want to feel the grass beneath my feet. And he said, I want to touch my mother's hand. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that you have spent your first 12 years of life without an immune system? And your goals in life is to just simply feel grass on your feet and simply to touch your mother's hand? You see, there's so many things as a Christian, so many things as just a common man or woman that we take for granted every day. Today, there are children... Uh, at St. Jude's and all over the world that are fighting for their life and they've got cancer. And there are people today that, that you could look around this world and, 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 and they're in this struggle or that struggle. And most of us this morning, I, I know even within this room today, we, we all have got our struggles. We, we've all got our stories to tell. We've all got things that, that, that we're carrying on our shoulder. But what I want to say to you today that when you choose joy and when you choose to be thankful, it is an act of maturity. And that act of maturity will just simply live itself out in you. Because sometimes we need to be spiritually developed enough to be mature enough to give God glory and praise for all things, sometimes even the little things. And sometimes God is patient and God will allow you to live in an undeveloped state for a little while, but over time, he expects you to mature. And in those situations of life that you walk into, that you're trying to mature and all of a sudden you become and have an attitude of ingratitude, sometimes God will just simply say, hey, they don't like the blessings. I'm going to turn them off. And God will just simply turn off the blessings. 
And only when you give God praise do you begin to receive those blessings again. Now, I don't know today if God's ever turned off blessings on you, but I, I would probably say uh, been more time than not uh, in my life, but sometimes he'll turn off those blessings to get you to realize. Sometimes he's got to blow out your candle in order for you to realize who the real light is, in order for you to realize who the real source is, in order for you to realize it's not you, but it's him and him above you. You see, people need to recognize that it's God that has watched over us. And we need to recognize that it's God that has protected us. It's God that has provided for us. It's God that has healed us. It's God that has opened the doors where there appeared to be closed doors. It's God that has led us through transitions. It's God who has made the sunshine over our head today. It's God who will hold the moon in his hand tonight as we fall asleep. It's God who calls those stars by name. It's God who holds the mountains on the scale and the hills in the balance. God who gives you the breath that you breathe. God who gives angels charge over you. When you begin to consider all he is, then you will be just as what David says. He says, who is man that you are mindful of me? Oh, Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You see, when you begin to practice things living, you will be a person of maturity. But also you will draw strength. Being thankful and being joyful is a source of strength. The Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord uh, is our strength. Whenever you make the choice to, at all times, at all times, bless the Lord, the presence of the Lord becomes the strength that enables you to walk through the situations that you and I go through every single day. You see, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I got to understand who it is that holds the tomorrow. I know what I cannot do, but I know what I can do when I'm given his strength. I know that all things are possible to those that believe. I know that he will never leave me nor forsake me. I know that he will Allow me to have goodness and mercy and they'll follow me all the days of my life. I know that he indeed will cause all things to work together for the good of those that love him that are called according to his purpose. I do know this. I know that he has a plan for me, a plan to prosper me and not harm me and not hold any good thing from me. I know that he is a, a present help in the time of trouble. I know that his name is a strong tower. His name is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. You see, it will not only be a source of maturity, but it will be a source of strength. When you look all throughout the Bible, you, you, you will just get some strength in the presence of Almighty God. I mean, it's one thing to go to church, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I mean, the Bible clearly teaches us and tells us not to give up assembling together. But the most important uh, person you need to be in front of and have need of, and that's simply the presence of Almighty God. Because the presence of Almighty God can do some things that nobody else can do, can give you some strength that nobody else can do. When everybody else is sorrowful, you can be joyful. When everybody else is going down, you can be coming up. When everybody else has got their mind on the world, you've got your mind on heaven because you realize that where we live and what we're going through, it's all temporary. And we're living for the eternal. So see, when you practice things living, when you practice things living, it will be a source of maturity. See, you got to go ahead and start maturing now. You got to go ahead and make up your mind that if you're ever in the backside of the cave, 
somebody's trying to, to take you out, you just go ahead and praise your way out of that storm. I'll put a coin in a meter and park there just for a couple minutes. <laughs> Listen, I, I believe in life, we go through some dark periods. We go through some down times. And sometimes during those times, we want to set it out. And we just kind of, you know, begin to whine and complain and murmur. But I want you to know that when you're mature enough, it can be your strength in that time. That you can learn some things. Let me tell you what, I've learned more about God in the darkness than I ever learned about him in the light. Let me say that again. I've learned more about God in the darkness than I've ever learned about him in the light. Because if he is your source of joy and he's your source of strength, then you're mature enough today to know exactly what I'm talking about. I know I got a few people in here today that you know what it's like, that he will stick closer than any friend or any brother, that you need to understand today that no matter where you are in life, if you will just simply at all times practice thanksgiving, that praise will continue to be on your lips. You'll get through life a lot easier. Let me close with this. And it's just really a passing thought. Not only is it a, um, a source of maturity, not only is it a source of strength, but choosing to be joyful and choosing to be thankful prevents you from being joyless. You know, there's a lot of folks that say they know Christ, but they don't bear a lot of fruit. And there's a lot of Christians sometimes that walk around with their heads down and confused and dazed. And I think it's generally speaking just because they've got more of the world in them than they got Jesus in them. But see, in a real sense, a true Christian can never be joyless because the name Christian means to be in Christ. And if you're in Christ and his presence is in you, then you need to understand that you ought to experience that fullness of joy. That you ought to be able to find something to be thankful for. I refer to it a lot that back growing up, it was a song that was just distilled into me and, and we don't sing it much anymore. But that old song that simply said, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it'll always surprise you what the Lord has done. And today I know some of us don't run like we used to run. We don't walk like we used to walk. I know some of us, you know, we're getting a little bit older in life. But you know what? If you'll count your blessings and you'll name them one by one, it'll surprise you what the Lord has done. The Lord woke you up this morning. You're alive today. How many of y'all going to go get something to eat in a few moments? How many of y'all real hungry right now? I got time to preach a couple of sermons. But listen, you need to know today that every time you decide to be thankful and you decide to be joyful, you remind the devil that he has yet to take you out and that he ain't never going to take you out. 
You can remind him that the moment he tried to run your life, he failed. The hour he tried to steal your family, he failed. The day he tried to get you with the sickness, he failed. The moment he tried to take you under with poverty, he failed. The moment you had so many burdens on you that you couldn't carry, all of a sudden, in that burden moment, you found that you got a burden carrying God and you simply turned it over to him. That moment that he thought he had you bound, you were able to escape and you were able to flee in the name of Christ. All those issues that built up on you, I mean, all of a sudden you realize that in your joyfulness, in your thankfulness, in your praise, that you were able to overcome those things. And now you're not a victim, but you are a victor. In the name of Jesus, I want you to know, I want you to know this morning, and I know four days from now, we're going to sit around tables and we're going to talk about things that we're thankful for. And some of those things will be bigger on the scale than others. But I want you to know today that thanks living is different than thanksgiving. Thanks living is who you are as a Christian at all times, at all times, at all places. Like I say, whether you are in a cathedral or whether you are in a cave, you can choose to be thankful. No matter where you find yourself in life, at all times, David says that it is a personal choice that you get to make kind of like those choices. You can get bitter or you can get better. You can give up. You can grow up. The same is true. If you got to be in a cathedral to praise God, then there's going to be a lot of your life that you're not going to be praising God. But if you can learn to praise God in the cave, if you can learn to praise God in the moments that you don't understand God, man, I'll tell you what, if you can praise him there, then you'll be able to praise him anywhere. Because if David could praise him on the backside of the cave, then I guarantee you when David got out of that cave, he learned how to praise him anywhere. See, anybody can praise him in a cathedral. That's the problem. We got too many praiser cathedral-going people, and that's the only time they can praise God. But when you could praise him in the cave, when you could praise him when you can't figure him all out, when everything's going wrong and, and it's raining on you all the time, and you can learn to praise him there, I guarantee you you'll be able to praise him when the sun comes out. See, it's the entitlement syndrome. A lot of times we think we're entitled. Folks, don't expect nothing. The Bible says that in this life, we're going to have tribulations. Jesus had them. You and I are going to have them. But what we need to do is we need to learn things living. Let's stand this morning. Let's pray.